my shadow said to me, What is the matter? Isn't the moon warm enough for you? Why do you need the blanket of another body whose kiss is moss? Around the picnic tables, the bright pink hands hold sandwiches crumbled by distance. Flies crawl over the sweet instant. You know what is in those baskets. The trees outside are bending with children shooting guns. Leave them alone. They are playing games of their own. I give water. I give clean crusts. On there enough words flowing in your veins to keep you going. Hello and welcome back to Poetry Tears Podcast. This, uh, we hope you've had a happy new year. It's our first episode back after the Christmas break. First episode of 2022. Woohoo! And um, <laughs> how is uh, your 21 day uh, poetry challenge been going, Eloise? Yeah, so in the last episode, we mentioned that I was doing a poetry challenge yeah, organized that? by Bookleaf Publishing. Uh, so I'm well finished now. I finished that at the it end was of You had to write a December. poem every day for 21 days. Yeah, I did have, yeah. And uh, it was really challenging to have to come with new ideas every every day. Mm. And uh, I felt like I ran out of ideas about halfway and then that forced me to go deeper. And I think some interesting poems came out of that. And yeah, so you would you were like you say you were running out of ideas towards the end there. Uh, yeah, because I have my themes, and then you write about them, and you need the inspiration, and you don't have inspiration every day, <laughs> so you have to start writing about other themes. So I think I think yeah. yeah. Sorry. You'd have to start writing about other things that you don't usually write about, and it forces you to experiment with new styles and stuff. So, like, what? What's the example of something that was like in that vein? Like, what? What was the? What was the strangest idea that you that you came up with in in the course of writing this? I had the idea of uh, writing about goo. Goo. Yeah, from the perspective of the goo. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that was that was pretty wacky, but uh, what th- was it? The pink goo. Yeah, pink. Pink goo. goo. Pink goo. Yeah, I remember something about you reading me that. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Sh- should I read it? Yeah, f- yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, read it. Yeah. You got it there. Yeah, I've got it there. Um, I Where typed it? it really quickly, so it's called pink goo. I am not very good as existing. My life is a big jelly made of all the tasks on my to-do list that run into each other inside a pink goo. I wish it was clear like an ice cube. I would live inside a blue IKEA fridge frame. I would settle inside a peaceful and quiet freezer. I live in between the fridge and the coffee table. I don't know where my head is. That kid takes a bit of me leaves the rest in the fridge, comes back and picks the rest, 
takes bites from the bowl, the candle on the coffee table makes me hot. I sweat a bit. They leave the rest of me and put me back in the fridge. I'm cold again. In the fridge I'm dreaming of my life in the peaceful freezer, but no one eats icy jelly. So I take my dream as reality, try to relax, my eyes closed. Embrace that I will never live in the freezer, only between the fridge and the coffee table. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> where did the uh, where did the color pink come from in your mind? Mm. Just because you're it's pink. Very specific. Because um, I think of jelly as being pink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think of jelly as being green. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. So this this twenty one day challenge, almost like an Advent challenge over Christmas. Yeah. But, um. So it's it's a it's going to be a collection eventually. Like, uh, can can people get that collection anywhere at some point, or what's your plans with that? Um. Yes, yeah, so I'm waiting for the publishing company uh to come back to me to mm. see if I've been selected, and if selected I have for what to be published. Okay. So it's not a closed deal kind of thing. Mm. They they choose. What what is it? It's kind of like a, it's like you pay to enter it, and then yeah, you have to you have to pay to enter it to have a chance to be published. Is pretty loose, so it's good for a first publication. Mm. And uh, if I want, if I'm not picked, I think I'm going to self-publish on Amazon yeah, or something. Yeah, I think you should. Because yeah. that is, I have my poems, so you know. <laughs> It's good to have them out there. So at the moment, I'm kind of keeping them in my phone uh, to see if I'm if I may have a deal or something. Yeah. So like you say, you wrote you wrote a lot during this period, and um, you're you're taking a bit of a break now. I think from writing some poetry after this intense period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the one of the poems that you've picked to read today for your featured poem. Mm-hmm. Um, is it's about covid right it's and yeah. well I, I think in a way it's more about missing um christmas with your family mm, no i think it's about just the effect of uh, covid lockdowns restrictions between countries and the whole like social anxiety that goes with that right okay uh yeah, th- do you want to go ahead and read it and um yeah maybe I can give some after. context. Oh sure, yeah. So what happened is that uh, we were supposed to go back to France for Christmas and then they closed the borders a week before, so we stayed in the UK, and um, that happened in the middle of the challenge. So I have a couple of poems about COVID and staying in the UK and being away from my family, and that was the first one, even before the news were announced, where I felt really. Uh, fearful, I guess, of going to France, and um, I felt like it would be so hectic. So I wrote about this, and I felt like it's been a long time wanting to write a COVID poem, just in general. And um, I like the way it turned out, so I'm gonna read it. Mm-hmm. It's called Two Years Later. Two years later, the same fear of a year cancelled, yet time goes on. We wake up every morning a little more tired. Two years later, we are exhausted. 
and never see the light at the end of the tunnel. Two years later, key workers and students in hospitals and schools, bars, restaurants, music venues, theatres and cinemas, we are all crawling, on the burning ground moreover. Two years later, Amazon, Netflix, Spotify and Deliveroo are flying, spitting their carbon dioxide in our mouths. We swallow it like cum, looking for the last bits of art to chew from, looking for the sweet taste in the blow of a cigarette smoke. Help me, looking at the clouds, seeing shapes of dinosaurs and of ice creams, smelling the freshly cut grass, the sunshine on my face, smelling like chlorine, in a dress showing my panties like I did without knowing what life would be like two years later. Well, that's great. And you really put some really hard-hitting phrases in there. I particularly like the um, the the smoke, mm-hmm. blowing smoke in your face. I mean, um, yeah, looking for the sweet taste in the blue of a cigarette Yeah, smoke. yeah. This yeah, now I realize it's really more <laughs> a COVID poem. In the Christmas, um, yeah, it's it kind of like you say speaks to that f- that frustration, right? That angst, that kind of you know, oh, like running out of patience, yeah, with the whole situation. Kind of like I've like our lives have been stuck for these two years yeah. where we 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 couldn't move on. We were in that pingu maybe, <laughs> yeah, and um and then in the meantime, some people really benefited from it and. There's like this injustice as well, and the anger that comes from the pandemic. Yeah, it's a and it's really a, a poem of the time. You know, it's you know right or wrongly now about you know for example how you feel about the pandemic now going forward. You know that's how mm. you felt at the time. So yeah, that's what I find interesting. There's poem poems as an expression of the feeling in the moment that you wrote them. And I think there's some climate anxiety in there that I put. Oh yeah. Yes, on the burning. Oh, like yeah. On the burning ground, as flying, spitting the carbon dioxide mm. in our mouths. I kind of relate it to just the general damage of uh, the economy that keeps going. It's just the whole Even toxic cocktail going on yeah, there. Yeah, it's like the, the social lives stop, but the economy keeps going mm. and not in the right way. And what what's that poem called again? It's called Two Years Later. Two years later. No, it feels oh. like three years later. <laughs> 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 oh well. <laughs> <laughs> and um We yeah. listen to this back as a token of uh as an expression of this this time, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, b- and because of course we we picked something that was a bit uh, depressing, we thought we'd uh uh we'd do use the rest of the we'd we'd use the rest of the time to do a feature about uh nonsense poetry. Nonsense verse. Very much in the <laughs> In the spirit of this uh, goo perspective. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Throw some COVID and then make it nicer, you know. Um, but what do you what do you know about nonsense verse? It seems to be that um, nonsense verse is a part of poetry more than it is a part of prose. You know, I come from a kind of more of a prose background, more of an interest in prose writing. And it, it seems... There's kind of neologisms and people make up words, you know, famously like uh, uh, 
Joyce, you know, in Ulysses, um, different, you know, even Shakespeare makes up words. Um, but there's not such a tradition of kind of speaking nonsense in place. It's, it's something about poetry, right, that there's something unique about poetry that people embrace that. What do you think it is? I think it's maybe where the links between humor and poetry are. Mm. It's the play with language. And nonsense poetry is really that play on words and um, kind of remove the meaning of what we're saying and, and focusing on uh, the way it sounds. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a good point, actually. I'm glad you say something about the way it sounds. Um, it kind of leads nicely into this um, this one of the poems I picked, which is from a um, collection of beat poets, actually, that you got me for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Lulu. <laughs> and um, it'd be good to do an episode, actually, in the future on the beat poets, on the beat movement yeah. and this kind of thing. But just... Do a bit of research and then we'll do it on that. This <laughs> when, yeah, doing some... In looking for kind of poetry for this kind of nonsense verse, um, th- this kind of stuck out in my mind when I was reading it. Just When I read it, it seemed... Ri- when I read it in my mind, it seemed ridiculous. But then when I read it out loud, I was... I kind of realized what the the writer uh, jack kerouac you know known for on the road of course um kind of what he was going for it's it's more of a sound so i'll, I'll go ahead and read it it's called um 213th chorus poem dedicated to allen ginsberg prep rot rot mort port lort snort Pell mel, Rhine wine, Roll Royce, Ring Ming, Muck my lot, Roll my doll, Pull my hairline, Smell my cow, Wail my siren, Pile my ane, Loose my shoot tongue, Sing my aim, Lull my wild mole, Roll my luck, Lay my cashier gone amuck, Suck my lampole, Raise the bane, Hang the traitor inside my brain. Fill my pale well. Ding my bell. Smile for the ladies. Come from hell. That's by Jack Kerouac. And you see what I mean? There's more it's more of a sound, right? And mm-hmm. and reading it that time. That's it's, really rhythmic. Yeah, right. Reading it this time, but it feels like you could read it in so many different ways. You could stress so many different parts of it. I think you can read it a lot faster. Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it would be interesting almost as a as a rap, you know. Yeah, or that's a good point. Yeah, like slam. What does Amy mean? I don't know actually. <laughs> Palmy Anne spelled A N E. Yeah. Should I, I give it a try? Like give my interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Prep, rot, wart, mort, port, lort, snort. Pale mail, Rhine wine, raw roast, ring ming, muck my lot, roll my doll, pull my hairline, smell my kill, wear my siren, pile my ainy, lose my shoe tongue, sing my aim, load my windmill, roll my luck, lay my cashier gone and muck, suck my lamp hole, raise the bane, hang the traitor inside my brain, fill my pale well, ding my bell, smile for the ladies, come from hell. Yeah. Your pronunciation, of course, is a little bit different on 
<laughs> it's very difficult. You, yeah, right. You you can feel the you can feel your kind of tongue and your lips and like yeah. kind of like all these people listening to you <laughs> and wondering why is this French lady reading <laughs> poetry in English? I think it it adds to the to the nonsense, doesn't it? So yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just want to read a, a kind of what it says on Google about like nonsense verse. It says. Um, Nonsense verse, humorous or whimsical verse that differs from other comic verse in its resistance to any rational or allegorical interpretation. Though it often makes use of coined, meaningless words, it is unlike the ritualistic gibberish of children's counting out rhymes, in that it makes these words sound purposeful. And that's, that's kind of the interesting point, right? That, that it, it makes like nonsense purposeful or it tries at least you know and it, it just, just thinking about that mention it, the way it mentions children's books just brings to mind kind of the whole um like dr seuss like cat in the hat series you know like the grinch and this kind of thing do you know you know what i'm talking about green egg green eggs and ham and this kind of thing i'm just looking at him really confused <laughs> you, you don't know what i'm talking about it's, it's you don't know dr seuss no, it's not my childhood. But you know the no. you know the Grinch though, right? Yeah, the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like the French style is more kind of the the morals from La Fontaine, you know, all these uh, all these stories that have a deep message in them, you know. But um, yeah, that you know, I wanted to comment on the fact that speaking another language when you learn another language it does feel like nonsense when you learn it because you read something and you don't know what it means and then you, it's easy to get caught in in the pronunciation and that's kind of the what is artistic about languages as well mm. and that's why I, f I find it easier or different to write in english because i can see the aesthetics of the words yeah more than in French. Yeah, you, you kind of identify yeah. with the words in another language that you just like the sound of, you know, and there's... Yeah. You know, like Samuel Beckett, he wrote ah. a part of the play on Attendant Godot. He, he's a, a Irish waiting writer. Waiting for Godot. Waiting, yeah, waiting for Godot. But he wrote it in French, that's why I'm saying it in French. Yeah, and but everybody knows it as waiting for okay. Godot. And he's this Irish writer, and uh, he... He was really good in French and he wrote some some plays in French, mm. and to him it meant it meant different. It was different because he didn't have all that. There was a distance, right, in the language. Right. And uh, he was more playful with it, and there's a whole bit that's like really uh, nonsensical. In waiting really? for Buddha. You know, yeah. Funny enough, I mean, I say everyone knows it as that title, but I've I've never he uh, read it or heard it or seen a play. Yeah. Read it, heard it, or seen it. He's he's f famous for this uh, story that's not a story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what is it? It's just two people it's, uh, talking nonsense? Yeah, it's two people and then it comes to four people who are waiting for something, but then they have like a dialogues and then they have a fight and then there's someone who speaks, they have like a monologue. Mm. And it's famous for being really challenging for actors to say it and having different interpretations of it in that way. 
and he really had fun with it, with just making up uh, some words that mean like something, but they don't. Mm. And of course, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, I, I think one of the most famous nonsense poems is um, the Scroobius Pip. And of course, this, this, <laughs> I know it from like this kind of like a spoken word, like rap artist called Scroobius Pip, actually. Okay. Um, but the the original Scroobius Pip is, um, I read the I read the first stanza. It's quite long. Yeah. It's got like five stanzas. That's more on this uh, children's book style, right? Of the nonsensical. Yeah, that that's what's interesting is that a lot a lot of this kind of nonsense poetry does seem to fall in this kind of. Um, heroic children's poetry kind of style like um it seems to be something to do with the way that the the narrative is easy mm-hmm. or the narratives are cliched right like we know the stories so well that almost we can change out words for nonsense words because we have a we have a rough sense where the story's going and that that kind of leads into the the last uh, nonsense poem that I wanted to read, which is um, by Lewis Carroll, who wrote um, Alice in Wonderland, um, and I think it, and uh, with this poem called the the Jabberwocky, um, it it, uh, it suggests that um, Carroll had in mind a, you know, the Anglo-Saxon epic uh, Beowulf. Almost like a a parody of Beowulf and heroic verse, heroic poetry, like a, like a mockery of it. Um, but like you say, I, I believe there is a kind of cohesive narrative to it. It's more that they're just kind of exchanging words. Um, I'll read it. Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll. Twas brillig and the sliffy toves did gyre and gimble in the warb, all mimsy were the bogroves, and the mum raffs outgrabe. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird, and shun the frummiest bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand, long time the manxome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree, and stood while a while in fort. And, as in uffish fort he stood, the jabberwock, with eyes of flame, came whiffling through the tolgy wood, and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through, the vorpal blade went snicker-snack, he left it dead, and with its head he went galumphing back. And hast thou slain the Jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. O frabjous day, kaloo, kalay! He chortled in his joy. Twas brillig, the sliffy tones, did gyre and gimble in the warb. All mimsy were the bogoves, and the mome raffs outgrabe. I don't even... I don't even know if I pronounced that right. There's there's so many words. I mean, twas brillig. You're reading. (laughs) (laughs) Merci. There's 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 so many words there. So, 
Yeah, it's interesting because there's so many words I don't know. But do you know them? Like all this? All no, do no. Do the words exist? No, they're just made up, right? They're supposed to sound like old English. Is that what it is? Well, that's what's interesting. I mean, my knowledge of old English is is not so good that I can entirely rule them out, right? But my sense is that they're supposed to sound somewhat like old English. They they don't seem to be old English. Like for example, I mean, twas. I mean, yeah. we can we can make out like you say brillig, you know, and they they're close enough that you can kind of. The maximfo he sought. Yeah, it's very it's very difficult to read out. Actually, I I think I read it out once out loud once before when we tried to. Uh, yeah, I think we you attempted to do this episode yeah. before. But you it's have definitely the appropriate accent. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the key. Right? <laughs> the jub jub bird. You want you want to try reading it really quick? Yeah. Just to just to okay, see how your accent goes with yeah. the. If I can read it with a British accent, it means and the cultured. It's quite short, yeah. Jabberwocky, twas brillig and the streethy tobs did gear and the gimble in the wave, or mimsy were the borogovs, <laughs> and the mum raves outgrave. I'm sorry. Do you mind if I just laugh over all your? <laughs> it's okay. I have no yeah. self-respect. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird, and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took his vorpal sword in hand, long time the maxim for he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree, and stood a while in thought. And as in uffish thought he stood, the jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the torgy wood, and burble as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through the vorpal blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head he went galooping back. Mm. And hast thou slain the jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. Oh, frabjous day, kaloo, kalay, he chortled in his joy. T'was brillig, and the sleethy toves did gear and gimble in the wave. Mm. Or Mimsy were the Borogovs and the Mumrav's outgrave. Yeah, good job, good <laughs> job. See, it's it's really different with your accent, right? You get really different tones and different sounds. It's it's not easy to read, is it? I I think it's like point of view, very uh, a parent. You know, your your child and your parent reads you a uh, a bedside story. Yeah, and you don't, and you quite don't understand, understand half the words, <laughs> yeah. but it sounds like you get something. the vibe. And then you just repeat, kalu, kalu, kalu. Yeah, it's like fun regardless of the, the meaning. Yeah. yeah. It, it actually brings to mind um, uh, Gravity's Rainbow by Thomas Pynchon. In that, which is like a postmodern book, there's a lot of kind of frivolous kind of like nonsense songs, kind of like silly songs in it that kind of are just fun and just about the, the way words rhyme and sound. You know, so there's something, this, there is this kind of tradition, and that's why I wanted to do a, a feature, an episode on this, because there is kind of this tradition of nonsense verse. And, and what, what, do you, what do you think about the, the genre in general? Like, do you think it's something that you might experiment with in, in the future in your poetry, or it's a bit. It's a I different... think it's fun when you're burnt out. 
<laughs> because uh, it makes you try to get rid of uh, meanings and try and you know see meaningful things about the world and get messages and when you when it's really hard to find messages you, you just come back to this play as this child mind mm. when I read this and, and I read it and have fun like a child you know and see poetry like play yeah and it is a interesting um, subgenre kind of to explore it. Yeah, it's interesting this exchange in poetry between, on the one hand, being really playful with words and reappropriating the meaning of words, and then on the other hand, um, trying to create deep, profound meaning mm. and trying to say something that you know is truthful. It's almost two opposite missions, isn't it? Yeah. It really makes me want to learn uh, other languages and read poetry in other languages. <laughs> yeah, right. Makes me want to read German again, you know. <laughs> German like, poetry, yeah. Yeah. Or learn, just learn languages, because that's how, that's how I feel. It, it's like a similar feeling, you know. Yeah. Of having fun saying things out loud. <laughs> that's great. Uh, looking at the time, looks like we've run out of time for this episode. But yeah. um, you just—I think you want to mention about our our guest next week. We're actually so, having a guest. Yeah, it's we're exciting. really excited. We're getting our first uh, guest, who is Ella Saidi. Come again. Ella Saidi. She is a, a Brighton-based poet. Oh, cool. And uh, she co-organizes a poetry night every month called words by the water words by the water nice yes and that's how i know about her so have you you've been to the event before did yeah I've, i did an open mic oh d that was the one you performed at yeah oh great words of the water by words the water by the water so yeah. we're really excited to get this interview and um you'll hear it really soon great looking forward to it Yes. So, Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year, and if you enjoyed this episode, don't hesitate to uh, follow the podcast and leave us a note on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow and uh, make us feel important. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for Thank listening. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. See you next time with Ella. Poetry to your ears. Poetry to your ears podcast with Tom and Lulu. Mon regard est accroché par deux femmes qui discutent sous la pluie. Et je dois être excité. Oui, mais il faut dissimuler. Je dois attendre qu'elles se séparent. Elles ne m'ont pas encore vu. Tant mieux, mais j'en peux plus. Elles devraient se séparer. L'une d'elles monte dans le taxi. L'autre commence à marcher seule. C'est le moment. Je dois changer d'attitude. Jouer de mon charme. La faire rire. Je cours, traverse la rue. Je la bouscule un peu. Je me retourne et lui dis avec un sourire au coin de l'œil.